Welcome to another episode of Artifacts, where our lives affect art inside out. I am your host, Jade Hassel, and this week I'm in conversation with the talented singer-songwriter Hannah Bushara. Hannah was inspired to start writing songs for a final project under the mentorship of her English teacher, Charlie Judd, who exposed her to artists that would become foundational inspirations to the beginnings of her musical journey. At age 16, she was awarded the United World College Scholarship in Bermuda and was granted the wonderful opportunity to finish her high school studies in Italy for 2 years. There, she came to know and love students from over 90 countries worldwide, allowing her to foster a better understanding of the world and its colorful context. The 21-year-old was the winner of Heather Nova's Young Songwriter Competition, where she was coached by Heather herself. and had the opportunity to perform her original song Seeds at the Bermuda Festival in 2019. Earlier this year, she opened one of the festival concerts with Derek G and performed four of her original songs. Although still young, Hannah's writing has taken her on several musical journeys, and she's been able to perform in open mics in Bermuda, Italy, Denmark, and the United States. She is currently double majoring in global studies and sociology at St. Lawrence University, where she is also a member of the university's chamber choir, funk ensemble, and the lead singer of a band. She thinks telling stories in her music makes up for difficulties she finds in doing it conversationally. She uses music to build, confront, and connect. She cites some of her biggest musical influences as Miss Lauren Hill. Moses Sumney, Leonard Cohen, and Tracy Chapman. If you would like to connect with Hannah, you can find her on Instagram at Hannah Bushara Music. Good afternoon, Hannah. Welcome to the Artifacts Podcast. We're super excited to have you on with us. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm so excited to be a part of this project. Yes, thank you so much. It really means a lot to me to be able to be in conversation with Bermudian creatives, artists, musicians—it's it's super awesome. And I actually found you uh, through Derek. But as soon as I saw you, I was like, "Wow, this girl is so talented!" I've let like some of my family, my mom and my sisters, listen to some of your music, and they also think the same thing. Really, really talented. And I'm just so happy that you could be joining us today. Pleasure. Yes, of course. So I just wanted to start by asking you, like, what your experience was like growing up in Bermuda. It's a very loaded question, but I'll try to make it as brief as possible. I mean, okay. <laughs> in short, in short, growing up in Bermuda has has been such an incredible thing for a lot of reasons. Um, just having access to a lot of really, really incredible and creative and brilliant people in such a small microcosm of the world, because mm-hmm. Bermuda pulls in people from everywhere, and it's influenced by so many different places, and has such close proximity to. a lot of other places so i feel like in a lot of ways bermuda is a little a little um how do you call it a little pot of the world yes um so i don't know i i indefinitely have been influenced by my upbringing in bermuda and what that has meant for me to be a bermudian artist but i also i was listening to calix's podcast the other week and i really loved what he said when he was like the bermudian or the black bermudian experience isn't monolithic and that there's so many ways yeah. to be a bermudian and mm-hmm. that really resonated with me because growing up even though i'm so proud to be from bermuda i felt a little bit 
insecure in my Bermudianness, if you can say that, because mm-hmm. like my dad, my dad's from Sudan, my mom is from Bermuda, but she didn't grow up in Bermuda. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was always very interesting and sometimes difficult to navigate in spaces where I felt like I didn't belong because sometimes I felt like I had to prove myself and my Bermudianness to other people. But as I grew up and I was exposed to different creatives and exposed to the different kinds of what it means to be a Bermudian, it allowed me to be more comfortable in myself and who I am as a Bermudian. So it allowed me to define what, define what Bermudian meant for me. Yeah. Keeping in mind the awesome history of this place and also like paying homage to Bermudian figures that have influenced the island but also adding my own flair to that and seeing how those things have influenced me and my art and my truth telling yes absolutely that has definitely resonated with me too it's funny that you mentioned um calyx and you know this idea that it's not a monolith it's not like we can exist like in a box um, and yeah. that it's like a spectrum, you know, and it, and it fluctuates. And that's what's interesting, too, about identities is that it's not just this, like, one thing, but that yeah. our different experiences kind of make us who we are, like, pulling from all of these different little pockets of 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 experiences. It, it really, truly shapes us. And it's really nice to know that you, as a young person, like, you've been able to navigate that. Because it is hard, I think, sometimes, like, growing up in Bermuda and not feeling like you 100% fit in. It's interesting because I think a lot of artists feel that way in Bermuda because I think now too, like art is just starting to become a thing that's become more widely accepted. Um, Because like when I was in high school, like I was always in the art room, but it wasn't really like the coolest thing to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So it's, it's really nice, like knowing that you've been able to, to navigate that and then to find your own footing. Um, as a young person, yeah. which is which is super awesome. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your experience with United World College. Um, you had a scholarship that was granted to you, and you had the opportunity to finish your high school in Italy, which is super amazing. Can you yeah. share what that experience was like for you? Yeah, definitely. So I, I guess I'll start out by saying that the reason I found out about the United World Scholarship, I was 11, and I was in assembly. I went to summer school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in assembly and there was a young man named Karim Creary who had been granted the scholarship and he was just graduating Summersfield. And he's somebody that I'd always looked up to. He was yeah. a leader. He was a star athlete, just a really kind person. And, and I guess I've always been appreciative of people that I can look up to and I can draw influence from. And even as early as 11, I'm just, I was like, that's somebody that I want to be like in some right. capacity. So that school and that idea of being granted that opportunity was always at the back of my head since like M1. Um, And then the time came around for me to apply and I went through that process and I was grateful and privileged enough to be able to go to the school. And I mean, when I tell you it, it changed my life in so many ways. I can't even begin to express in words how much it continues to impact me. Just having access to people from all over the world being exposed to so many varying perspectives, understanding the world and it's, I don't know how to say this without sounding so cliche, but like understanding the world in its colorful context and like putting faces to countries that you see on the news. And also like learning how to engage in conversations with people who disagree with you, mm-hmm. but it's making that still okay, that you don't have to constantly 
have your mirror reflecting you. Like it's okay for somebody to not have the same values or beliefs as you, as long as they're not like impeding your, your right to exist. Um, And that's something that I was really lucky enough to be exposed to at 16. And that indefinitely, I mean, I didn't play a lot of music when I was at UWC. I was definitely exposed to the arts and my particular school had, um, an artistic disposition I'll say but I didn't (laughs) sing a lot when I was there but I I think that fostering that level of understanding and openness to difference Mm -hmm. has really really influenced me and my my pursuit of of truth telling and art and just being true to myself and open to other people's truths yes absolutely it's amazing I'm just listening to you and um I had a, a quite similar experience I don't know if you've heard of this but it's called Semester at Sea. Have you heard of it before? Yes, yes. Yes, I actually yeah. did, I did Semester at Sea in the summer of 2011. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and it absolutely changed my life, my views. Um, it encouraged my love for travel. And even what you were saying of just about like how with experiences like that, you're able to kind of like jump into discourse with people who fundamentally believe completely different things than you but it doesn't mean that it ruins their relationships but that you can agree to disagree I had like so many experiences on that particular trip like that as well and like we traveled to eight different countries in 66 days it was incredible and I think it's so awesome like for young people to be able to have these kinds of multifaceted experiences at such a young age because I think it really underscores the importance of fostering understanding and tolerance and difference for other people but it also grounds you in like who you are too because I think like that experience like I went I left seeking to like know so much about so many other cultures and people but I came back like knowing so much more about myself yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I definitely think it's important to have those kinds of experiences. So that's super awesome. I I love that you were able to take advantage of that. And then even to you had mentioned, you know, the fact that you had this idea of this thing that you wanted to do from age 11, just having someone who has done this like years prior, I think also kind of like planted a seed within you to be able to explore this. For sure. Yeah, at at a different phase in your life. It's it's also important, I think, for young people to have like people that they can reach out to or or see and they can kind of like emulate like, wow, like this person is doing amazing things. Like I want to be like them and they did it so I can do it too. So that's super awesome. So you had mentioned that you weren't really like doing singing and songwriting like while you were at UWC at what age did you start singing so I I mean I started singing or I have always loved to sing and funnily enough when I was younger I had a really really hoarse voice and so Mm -hmm. it would really hurt it would really hurt to speak but I I was such an extroverted little person so I would love (laughs) to talk but it would take so much effort for me to physically get words out of my mouth So when I grew up and I kind of grew into my voice and it kind of shaped up a bit, I really took advantage of that as best as I could. Um, I guess the first time I started publicly singing, my, I credit my math teacher, actually, she was directing our school play, Alice in Wonderland. And I was, I'd like to sing, but I'd never sung in front of people by myself. And she took Mm -hmm. a leap of faith and she gave me the lead role in the play. And I was like, Miss Amlin, no, like, I don't want this. Why did you choose me? Like, this is, this is a mistake. And she was like, no, Hannah, it's okay. You're going to do great. Um, 
and I, I loved it. And I'm not like a huge theater person, but the, yeah. the, the fact that she saw something in me that I didn't see in myself mm-hmm. at that time. And also like, I guess one of the biggest things for me is gratitude, number one, and two, being cognizant and recognizing what impact, kind of like what you were saying, what impact you can have on other people just by being yourself or like mm-hmm. seeing something in somebody and I'm like a huge proponent in this belief of collectivism and you yeah. not really being who you are in isolation. Like I put it on my last Instagram caption. I am because you are. Yes. And I think we have I'm such... going to snap to that because that <laughs> is a word. That is absolutely yeah. a word. Yeah, no, it really is. And I, I wouldn't be where I am, not to say I've done like amazing things, but the person that I am is not isolatory. Like I am because of my math teacher. I am because of Karim. I am because of my English teacher. Um, yes. So I was, I, I was Alice in Wonderland. And then my last year at Summersfield, we have to do something called a personal project mm-hmm. where we have six months to do, to work on an independent project about something that we wish to explore about either identities or like a passion we have, or like one person, he created a, a home gym. Another person made a cookbook. My friend Shanice, she wrote, a series of short stories. I was entering a very uh, interesting part of my life and identity where I was just confused about a lot of things and I was not feeling too sharp and mentally. And I was like, I need, I need something to help me out. Yeah. Um, And music had always been, and it has always been something that I've turned to, to provide me with solace or understanding or like when I need somebody to talk to or listen to in moments where I'm too anxious or nervous to actually engage in conversations, music is always there. Um, And so I wanted to explore the possibility of me being the person who I could have conversations with and who I could gain a better understanding of. And so part of that project was me exploring the the art and beauty of songwriting, but also to engage with other creatives on the island to see how creative expression had played a big impact in their lives. So I made a series of six songs during that project. And then I also made a a documentary in tandem with that. And that's how I was exposed to Chew Stick. That's how I met Kalai and Jumar. Like that's how, that's how I was introduced to the arts in Bermuda through that project. Wow. That's incredible though. And you know, like thinking about what you were saying, like nothing exists in a bubble, like in isolation, all of the things that you've experienced were directly in correlation, like with that one thing, which is so awesome when you think about that. And even considering you had just mentioned that that was not really like the best time in your life as well. Like, you know, maybe you were going through like a dark time or you were a little depressed or something. But even how interestingly art can bring us from those kinds of spaces and something beautiful can manifest and blossom from that as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, taking this experience and transforming it into something. Cause now look that one decision to tap into your music and your artistry, like blossomed into this entire thing that you're doing yeah. with your music, which is so awesome. Like obviously in hindsight you could see, but I think, you know, oftentimes mm-hmm. like when we're going through things and things happen, it's kind of hard to see on the other side of it. But it's so awesome that you had this thing that you didn't even really know that you had, but you tapped into it. Yeah. And it literally changed your life, which is amazing mm-hmm. when you think about that. Wow. No, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. That has me like super inspired. Really, really mm. inspired, like listening to your story, how you got started with singing. So I wanted to ask you then, like, how did you get started with songwriting? So 
that project, I, I was like, okay, I need to write my own songs, I guess, but I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And my English teacher, Charlie Judd, he, <laughs> he is like, there are so many teachers at Summersfield that inspired me. Mr. Judd is like up there in, in the top tier inspirations. Yeah. He is such an open and kind and he just wants to help people. And, and so he wasn't like the music teacher and I still love my music teacher a lot, but I wanted to partner with him because I knew he would listen to me and I knew he would have things to say and I knew he wanted to help me genuinely. Yeah. Um, but he's also super big music junkie. And I, like a lot of the people that I look up to musically are people that he showed me back in 2014. And thinking back to it, I'm like, wow, I, I knew about these artists back in the day, like Mr. Judd really knew what was up. <laughs> um, but he, he mentored me through the process. And so I would write things and he would give me feedback. Um, and then he would show me artists that he thought would help me write a specific thought or like flesh out a specific thing that I wanted to say. So mm-hmm. I also... I credit a lot of the beginnings of my songwriting to Mr. Judd because he, as an English teacher and also as a musician, he understood what I was trying to do. And his, his vision didn't impede in my vision. He, he didn't project himself onto me or anything, but I think with his experiences and his passion for music, he kind of granted me with that, the space and the time and respect to do the same thing in my own capacity. Yeah, absolutely. You know, those are the best kinds of mentors. Um, yeah. that, that can help you see something within yourself, not really telling you specifically, like, you should do this and you should do that. Or, um, yeah. you know, like laying out a path that you should just completely follow, but kind of just being there and supporting and inspiring you to find the gems like within yourself. Yeah, so that's amazing. It's really awesome. So do mm-hmm. you write music for yourself to sing? Or is it your goal to have other artists to sing your songs as well? It's a bit of both. Because in seeing how my music has been reach, reaching people recently, I don't really like, I don't like getting that much attention for my music for the very reason that I don't think it's entirely me that's doing it. So when mm. people look at me and they're like, oh my God, you're so amazing. Or like, this song's crazy. I'm like, well, this came from an experience that like this involved you. Like, right. It's not, I'm just like the, you're just a uh, vessel. I'm the vessel. Yeah. I'm the vessel. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like that, the, the TED talk by Elizabeth Gilbert, it's called the elusive creative genius and how mm-hmm. sometimes the genius enters and sometimes it's not there and you have to give it the space and time to be there and not be there. And it's okay when it's not. But right. in regards to my music, like I, there's a lot of things that I'm trying to reconcile and make sense of within myself. And so it's nice when I, I write a song and I mm-hmm. hear it and I'm like, holy moly, like <laughs> I, I said that, like, how did I know that? That's exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. And then the fact that it reaches people and it impacts them in a similar way or in the same way, that's such a profound thing to me. Cause I'm like, this was me making sense of this dark, dark period that I was in, or this is me making sense of like some guy who like didn't want to communicate with me and broke my heart and right and like that helps you too that's awesome yeah um but in terms of writing for other people that's also something that I've been exploring recently and because I don't see my music as completely my own I don't feel that it's like completely out of character or like that like radical for me to give my truths to other people if Mm -hmm. it is a story that they can help 
make sense of themselves or that the, the narrative that I'm telling more fits what they're going through. Um, but ultimately, I wouldn't say that my music is for me. Like my music is me making sense of myself, but I also recognize that through me sharing my music, it becomes something much bigger than myself. Yeah, yeah, it transforms in the process. And it can reach like people beyond yourself. And that's how you know you have something special. Like you were saying, like it's, you're the vessel, like whatever is coming out of me, it's just coming out. It doesn't belong to me. It's for everyone else to be inspired by or to ingest. Um, But that's incredible. Um, I think the way that you explain that, especially with the, I think you said Elizabeth Gilbert, like her TED talk, which I have to check that out. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, so good. Yeah, I have to check that out. So so the main concept about this is like the genius enters the person and then they're just kind of like the vessel that this artistic creativity genius type of mashup like comes through. Is that is that the idea? Yes, of it? exactly. That's exactly it. Okay, that's amazing. I'll have to check that out and I'll put that in the notes for people to be able to look for. Yeah, because I also yeah. think like in in exploring your artistic passion or your creativity or you making sense of yourself, you understanding that it's not entirely you also takes a lot of pressure off of you as a yes, creative. Yes, that's so true. Because you, you, you realize that it's not you. It's like you just haven't been hit with that inspiration or you haven't had that aha moment. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't discredit you and your creativity at all. You're still an amazing creative with potential. You are still that vessel. It just, maybe you don't have the water to, to, to like make the vessel go to a place like I don't know how to explain it but yeah um, yeah I completely I completely understand and then sometimes too like whenever we're creating things just the fact that you you felt it within yourself within your being or maybe even within your soul to make something um to, to literally make something from nothing I think whatever you put out or whatever you make, even if other people don't see it, even if you keep it to yourself and it's in your studio or you, you know, you're sitting on it, the fact that you've made it, it's successful anyway, because you had yeah. like this, you know, inspiration within yourself to just create it. And I think that, that sure. just the act of creation, aside from the, the reaction or the recognition or, you know, how it's perceived by the world, I think just the act of creation is important within itself. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's also important too. like, just um, thinking about what you were saying, just like how to detach yourself from the idea that this is supposed to be, it's supposed to be something or it's supposed to get this kind of reaction from people. I think when we, we can separate the two, you're just constantly involved in the act of creation and you're just making and you don't think about, okay, I need people to feel this way about it in order for me to feel good about it. It's just like, I've made it, I'm going to put it out and then that's it. And then you just continue to move to the next thing and then the next thing. And then I think like over time, like it just, it just kind of happens. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen to that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so you're also currently studying global studies and sociology at St. Lawrence University. How are you balancing that with your music and your songwriting uh well you'll have to ask my professors that because I don't do a great (laughs) job of balancing it um I yeah I definitely devote maybe a little too much time to my music than I should be uh but I also like don't think of my music and then my academic passions as completely separated Mm. because a lot of the things that I study 
within my degree inform what I talk about in my major. Right. Like one of the foundational aspects of global studies is this concept of positionality and mm-hmm. you recognizing how you are situated in the knowledge that you acquire. Like yes. why, why do I know what I know? Why do I think the way that I think? How do my privileges or disadvantages affect how I navigate through certain spaces? Um, and like you being understanding of your different identifiers and how that ultimately makes you what you are and makes people react to you in the way that they do. And so having that as foundation for all of the courses that I study in global studies also informs how I treat myself in my music. Like, why am I feeling yeah. this way? Why should I give myself the space to write about this? Uh, like, what can my music help me in, in better understanding this thing that I'm trying to to war through? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not completely separate. And I maybe I'm a bit irresponsible in devoting more time to my music than I should, but I also am like, global studies is helping me with my music and my music is helping me with my global studies. So honestly, I'm helping my professors out. (laughs) Yes, you are. Absolutely. And then one thing that you had mentioned, like how they inform the two, like when you think about music as an artistic form, it is global. You know, when you think about the ways in which music has evolved over time, like we're constantly borrowing from other cultures and it, I think music transcends. Yes it transcends us and I think that's I mean what's more global studies than that you know what I mean so oh my gosh I have made I've made so many arguments about this I completely endorse what you're saying (laughs) yes definitely so um you were mentioning that you know with your global studies like one informs the other like your studies inform your music so what is the message that you're actually trying to convey I I guess in terms of message message or messages, I just I think it's important to to take the time and space to understand yourself and like be critical of the world that you are embedded in, but also grateful for it mm-hmm. and using your art as a means to to highlight both of both of those things. Right. Um because I think there's a lot to be upset and understandably angry about, but there's so much to be so grateful for. And there's so much to that you can commemorate the vibrancy of. And so I'd like to think of my music as this intersection where I can marry the two. Yeah. And I don't think that my music has a central theme, but I think that at the core of, of why I do what I do, it's to just better understand myself and the world and to Mm -hmm. hope that my music inspires others to do the same I don't think of myself as better or more talented or more worthy of anything than any other person Mm -hmm. I just am a bit more vocal about what I want and what I want to see in the world and I genuinely think that everybody can do that in whatever way they want oh yeah absolutely absolutely I think we all have a special and unique gift that we all can bring to the table and bring to this world for other people to experience or be inspired by yeah as long as we like carve out a space for ourselves i i think that we can all coexist and all thrive and do well i also think like in terms of us carving out the space and time to be ourselves and and do all the things that we want to do artistically i also have to be in in recognizing the implications of me sharing my music with other people i also now have an increased sense of responsibility in what yes, I'm doing because of the true. fact that the reality of it is not everybody has the space and time to carve out time to like be the creative selves that they are. So mm-hmm. how can I 
as, as a young creative with this space and time, how can I help those people who don't or who aren't afforded the same privileges that I am? Because I'm, I'm in college. I still have all this free time and freedom. I grew right. up in a household where I could say and do most of the things that I wanted to. And that's mm-hmm. not the reality that a lot of people are living. Yeah, that's so, how so true. Can, how with my platform can I help people who can't do the things that I do? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's also being in touch with recognizing when and where we have privilege as well. And, you know, transforming that into a responsibility that we kind of like embed into our work as well. So what's the messaging or what are you trying to say? Or how can this uplift someone? Or how can I say something that I know maybe other people want to say, but don't really have the words to say? Or Mm -hmm. uh, you get what I mean? (laughs) Oh, I, I do completely. Yeah. So um, last year, you had an awesome opportunity to perform at the Bermuda Festival. Can you talk about what your experience was like performing there? Oh, it was, it was awesome. I, um, Heather has always been somebody that I've looked up to in terms of her songwriting abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when this opportunity presented itself, I was like, I might as well just try. Um, yeah. And then I, I won the competition and Heather and I had a, a couple Zoom, or I mean, I, it wasn't Zoom at the time, like Skype calls. Um, and she coached me through my songwriting and I'd entered a song that I actually had written a year before and I didn't have the whole thing in my yeah. hope. I mean, I didn't even think I was going to win or even could even like go to the festival because I was at school at the time. So I was mm-hmm. like, this isn't going to happen, but I might as well just enter, see what happens. Um, but the song that I'd entered, it wasn't done. So Heather was like, you've got to finish this song. And I was like, it is finished. And she was like, no, it's not. Um, and so she kind of, she, she was telling me that like, when you have a truth to to share, sometimes you think that you may be done with it, but you also have to look into it a little more to see if there's actually anything else that you need to say or want to say, or are too scared to say. Mm. And that really inspired me to finish a song that became a mantra for me like uh it's a song that I wrote called seeds yeah um and the lyrics are struggle is a seed so plant it I Mm. won't just let it be I can't sit so bury me in soil let it be my blanket let it help me grow let it keep me grounded and so on and so forth yeah and uh I wrote that a couple years ago when again I was not feeling great and I think also central to my music is me like the reality of it is a lot of the time I really don't feel great about myself. And so my music is a, a space where I can can confront that. And right. not to say that music always makes me feel better, but it just feels like a necessary thing to do as a person who experiences these things emotionally mm-hmm. and mentally. Yeah. And I feel things very, very deeply. And sometimes that's really, really great. And sometimes it's really, really horrible. And I just have to work with those two things. Yeah. But in, in regards to the festival, Heather really saw something in that song, and I'm really glad she did because I finished it, and then I was able to perform on the festival stage, and that's when I, I think people in Bermuda were first on a more mainstream platform exposed to yeah. my my art, Yeah, that's which amazing. I'm super grateful for. Yeah, yeah, that's super awesome. So Heather, um, this is he- Heather Nova, yeah? Yes. Okay, yes. And, and she's like your mentor now? Well, I mean... She's my mentor from afar. 
I okay. don't know if she knows that she's my mentor, but she's, <laughs> defi- she's definitely a constant influence. Actually, when I was studying abroad in Copenhagen last semester or in mm-hmm. the fall of 2019, she performed in Denmark and she gave me tickets to go to one of her concerts with my oh, host mom. Awesome. So my host mom and I saw her in concert and I knew Heather in the context of her being a Bermudian artist. And I knew that people, her work was well received on the island. But when yeah. I saw her perform in Denmark and I saw these Danish people singing to her songs wow. and being impacted by her stories of growing up in Bermuda and being influenced by the island, I was like, what the heck? This yeah. is crazy. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, like that a small island girl could now be global. This is global yeah. studies. That's global yes, studies exactly, right there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, definitely. Wow, that's incredible. And I'm sure that was super inspirational for you to be oh, able to see that. Like just to be able to see what's even possible, you know? Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes too, like being from a small place, sometimes it's like, wow, like the world is so big. Like sometimes you may feel like there's like a limitation on how far you could go with something because – yeah. Yeah, there aren't really that many examples of people who are going really far with art. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure that was like super awesome for you to be there. What an experience. Oh, indeed. So that was before the Bermuda Festival that you saw? So that was before the festival last year. So I performed in the festival in 2019 as part of her Heather Nova Singer Songwriter competition. And then this year I got to perform again with my own set with, or not my own, but with Derek, but my own songs. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. Look at how fast that could happen. Like literally within a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's incredible. So who were some of your other like biggest musical influences? Oh, that's always a hard one because I'm so wishy-washy with everything. So it's constantly changing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess this year, it changes by recently, year. It changes by like second by mood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a, an extremely indecisive person, and sometimes it's great because I never feel obligated or grounded in anything. But it yeah. also is like when people ask me these kinds of questions, I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> What's your star sign? Ugh. Are you a oh Pisces? I'm a Gemini. And oh, you're a Gemini. Like, oh, okay. my God, you're a Gemini. Ew. <laughs> yes, I could see that. I could see <laughs> the indecisiveness now. I could see. Yeah. 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 But I guess um, Leonard Cohen has always been somebody who's inspired me. Or actually, not always, but in these recent years. He was, he's the favorite artist of my roommate and one of my best friends from back in high school. And mm-hmm. he's always been somebody really special to her. And because I didn't really listen to his music, I never really understood why. And then when I was in Denmark, there was a, a Leonard Cohen exhibition called A Crack in Everything. And this guy, is he is incredibly gifted at writing and truth-telling and uncovering things that nobody wants to say. But he says it in this, like, really profound way. And that's something that's always or that has recently been really inspirational to me. And then, yeah. I mean, Lauren Hill... She is, like, huge. Oh, yeah, that goes without saying. Yeah, absolutely. Because she transcends she transcends genre. She says what she wants to say. She is so true to herself. And she also mm-hmm. plays the guitar, which has been inspirational to me. Her marrying, yeah. like, folk influences with R&B and hip-hop and her mm-hmm. speaking or using spoken word elements, but also having this really incredible and distinct voice. Yeah. Um, and then there's a... There's a singer-songwriter that I really love, and he, like, saved me this semester. His name's Nick Drake, 
Um, he unfortunately passed away when he was 26, but before that, he, he released a few records that are just insanely beautiful. Wow. There's one album I love called Pink Moon, and I listened to it on repeat this semester. I really was not having a great time earlier this year, and something about that album just spoke to me. Wow, um, I haven't heard of him. I'll have to check out some of his Oh, stuff. it's so wonderful. But I mean, I listen to a lot of everything. I really like jazz. I really like me too. folk music. Jazz is like, my favorite. I love me some good jazz. But uh, the North Country has also influenced me in a lot of ways. And there's lots of folk music that has been born out of mm -hmm. the working class in the North Country. Um, and then at school, sorry, I'm rambling, but I feel no, like this fine. is so important to say. <laughs> okay. But uh, at school, we have this thing called the Java Barn, which is an on-campus live music venue. Oh, so cool. every every Thursday, there's a team called the Java Team, and they also have a house on campus. They're responsible for bringing live music onto campus. And mm -hmm. so they do the sound, they do the booking. But students at St. Lawrence have the opportunity to be exposed to these very underground artists. Yeah. Um, but there's also, they put on the occasional open mic so I also am exposed to these people that are inspirational, but on a very, like, non-mainstream level. Yeah, uh, which is so it's awesome. Also, yeah, it's really cool. I it's love grassroots music. Like, yes, yes. There's, like, a rawness it's, to it. For sure. Yeah. And it's, like, untainted by the music mm -hmm. industry. And mm -hmm. not to say the music industry is an evil thing completely, but <laughs> when you gain recognition, you may yeah. feel pressured to do certain things, or, like, it may taint your artistry in ways that you hadn't originally intended and so when you have these artists who like stay true to themselves or haven't been recognized so they have more freedom to do what they want to do mm -hmm. that's also been super inspirational for me yeah definitely you're also in a band um where you're the lead singer of I'm, I'm yeah. not sure I don't want to slaughter it I don't want to say it wrong but is it H-U-A-C we How call do you it HUAC people say HUAC HUAC it's an HUAC. acronym and I say I'm in a band very loosely because I went abroad and then a lot of the bandmates are not returning this semester. But it mm -hmm. started as a project because I was in a sociology class with my friend Graham and mm -hmm. Graham plays the, the bass. And then Graham was friends with my friend Harlow, who happened to be in my music class, who mm -hmm. I didn't know at the time. And Graham was like, Harlow plays the guitar. And then we found our friend Zach. Zach was also in that music class. And then Jay, who played the drums. And so we all just formed because we played music and we wanted yeah. people to play music together with. And so it just started as like a project of us like having common interests in similar types of music and wanting to do something on campus while we could. Mm -hmm. So that was our band. Yeah, that's cool. So what are some of the projects that you guys have have worked on so, or like I some mean, of the places you've performed so it's mostly just us singing covers of songs at mm -hmm. campus events my friend Zach and I we wrote a song together last year called today's gonna be a good day which is like a an underground anthem on campus in, in small circles but um, mm -hmm. it's mostly us just like performing at any places we get the chance to on campus Canton yeah. where where I go to school is in a very remote area so there's not really much around so yeah. a lot of the events are just on-campus activities. How did you find your school? UWC in Italy are they're connected with a number of schools in the U.S. through okay. something called the Davis Shelby Davis program mm -hmm. um, or foundation. And so St. Lawrence was one of those Shelby Davis schools. And so okay. that's how I found it. 
my my journey in deciding that St. Lawrence would be the place that I'd spend the next four years of my life. That's a very long story, but <laughs> I found it. I found it through UWC. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. So you're almost, so what year are you in? Are you a junior now? A rising junior? I'm a senior. I'm a senior. I'm, I'm my wow. Last year. So you're almost done. So yeah. what do you intend to do with your career? Like when you graduate from university and like, where do you see your music falling into? Your path. Uh, well, you're gonna you're gonna hear a lot of the Gemini in me come out because I don't know. <laughs> and that's no okay. Idea. That's okay. You still have time. Yeah, I mean, like I know I know what is important to me, and I know what ignites my interests and passions, and I don't know what field that that lies in. But mm -hmm. I know that, like, whether it's music that is informing maybe a political career that I may choose to take up, or like me sticking with music, or me being a teacher, like I'm uncertain of what I want to do specifically, but I know what I, what kind of impact I want to make in the communities right. that I'm a part of. So I'm not worried. I just yeah. am unsure. And that's okay. That's okay. It's a good place yeah. to be though. Yeah. Um, because that means that the next step is going to be a decision. And yes. And th what's interesting about decisions too, is that like, it's okay to make a decision and then to change your mind. Like, yeah yeah like life is not like this perfect thing i think it's like ever evolving and so we we can make a decision and then change it who wants i changed my mm -hmm. major like three times <laughs> no way so yeah it was a whirlwind but it's it's amazing and it's so funny because now i'm an artist oh i guess i've always been an artist but it was so weird to like go through all of that and then now like not even doing anything with my degree it's so crazy yeah yeah. yeah, that is crazy. But that, yeah. that gives me a lot of hope. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the thing. Like, life is a, is definitely a journey. And um, it's okay to change. I even I even went yeah. to I even went to law school after that. What? Yes. <laughs> so kidding. you so you think you're indecisive? Okay, I'm completely indecisive. So yeah, I, are you a Gemini? No, I'm actually an Aquarius. Okay, yeah. But but for me, the, the whole changing, like, I think when undergrad, I was definitely indecisive. But for me, like, having gone law school, the change to being an artist, like, came because I was so afraid of, you know, pursuing this. I, I've always wanted to, to do this. But I don't know. I, do, I just think, like, growing up in Bermuda, it's, it's really hard to see that you can yeah. do something different. I, I always felt like I had to either do medicine or do law um, or something in the financial sector in order to be successful yeah. in Bermuda and that's that was like really where the indecisiveness came from it's just like trying to fit into this mold that I just knew that I didn't want to be a part of yeah. and and so yeah and so then when I went to law school I was like okay you know what stop bullshitting and stop doing this back and forth thing like just be truthful to yourself yeah and like literally since I made the decision, like, I literally have not looked back. Like, this is, like, the best decision that I ever could have made for myself. That's so amazing to hear. Also, your art is so incredible. Oh, thank you. I don't mean to gas you up too much, but <laughs> I, when I saw the, the biennial, the thing that the young ones were doing in Bermuda, inspired by your art, I was like, that is so moving. Yes, I... And also, I'm the fact so... that I get to hang your art up in my room. Yes, so thank excited. you so much for supporting. Honestly, like, it means so much to me. And that's the whole point. Like, I want for the work to live with other people. It's not just supposed to live with me in my studio, so... Yeah. Thank you so much for giving it a home. Like, I'm really grateful for that. And, you know, like with the kids, 
making work inspired by mine like that is what I wanted like literally yeah. since the beginning of time like that's that's why you know like that's the reason it's a reminder of why I made the decision that I did so yeah, yeah. super awesome but yeah don't mm -hmm. worry don't worry it'll be okay you'll you'll figure it out <laughs> hopefully yeah you will you will so I wanted to ask you um what advice do you have for young people who are studying a different subject but are still actively engaged in their creative passion? I think, or the, the advice that I can give you that I think I have genuinely taken on myself is kind of what I was saying earlier. It's to, to recognize the intersections of the things that you're doing academically and the passions that you have and mm -hmm. not to view them in isolation because yes. you can always learn from the different things that you're doing. And there's always going to be some kind of connection. Like my friend, Caleb, he is a physics major or he was a physics major. He graduated. He's brilliant, brilliant mm -hmm. guy, but he also really loves making bread. And that kind of meticulous nature that you have to have as a physics major has yeah. informed a lot of what you have to do as a baker. Oh, and that's I always, I, this past year, him like blossoming his passion for bread making. I'm like, that is so weird, but it's really not. Like it makes sense. It's interconnected. So, yeah. Yeah. So I guess my advice is make it make sense. You know, mm -hmm. like if you have these two interests that you think have nothing to do with each other, maybe look deeply into them so that you can see that they maybe do. And okay, if that becomes hard and they really don't, just mm -hmm. carving out the space to 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 let yourself be. And if you can't directly focus on the passion that you have like focus on cultivating a better sense of self. Like what are yes. things that you can do to help you understand yourself better or be more okay or enjoy your own company more? Because mm -hmm. that's something that I was lucky enough to cultivate at a younger age, but there's a lot of trauma and not so good stuff that I had to do in the process when I didn't have that understanding. Yeah. So just listen to yourself when you can. You, you're most likely a very dope, awesome, brilliant person. And you may have just not been given the space and time to be that. Yeah. Um, and my hope is that with this new artistic renaissance that Bermuda is, is experiencing happening. right now, it's happening. I hope that, yeah, no, it really is. I hope that young people feel inspired to be. And I see so many young people doing the things that they want to do. And it's so, it's so inspiring for me as a creative that, that caught onto it a little bit later. I mean, I'm, I'm still quite young, but, um, but yeah, just be, make it make Yes. Yes to that. That is some awesome advice for young people to be able to take and implement. So, Hannah, I wanted to ask you what's next for you. So, I am planning on, I mean, I don't want to, I, I have some wood next to me, so I'll knock on the wood, but I plan <laughs> on doing my master's in London next year. Mm -hmm. I uh, am pretty set on doing politics and communications at a school in London I'm looking mm -hmm. at a couple other places but there's one school in particular that I really want to go to mm -hmm. um but yeah seeing where that takes me I'm like super interested I'm not extremely politically inclined but I also am interested in politics and I also am very interested in like communication methodology yeah. and communications practices and I also will be in a really really cool city and I'll have access to really cool musicians yes. and creatives and London yes. is just such a vibrant city in terms mm -hmm. of its creativity. So hopefully good things come my way and that can actually be a thing. Yes, it definitely will. It will 
manifest and unfold for you. And I'm really looking forward to see what you have in store whenever you do make the transition to London. I think you would really thrive there, um, especially you. with your music. Yes, of course. So, Hannah, this has been absolutely incredible. You are wise beyond your years. I don't know if anyone's told you that, um, but I've thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you today. Where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on my Instagram, which is Hannah Bouchara Music. Mm-hmm. I also have a Medium page where I write. I occasionally write articles. Um, oh, cool. And yeah, if you shoot me a message, I love rambling. I love talking to people. You most likely have something that will be interesting for me to hear. But ultimately, <laughs> like I said at the beginning, I am because you are. And I think we have a profound connection to each other. And I think that we should take advantage of that more. Yeah. Well, you're definitely a storyteller. And I love that you're incorporating that into your music. And then also marrying what you're doing in school too, because it's global. It is global. (laughs) Facts. Yes, it really (laughs) is. But thank you so, so much, Hannah. This has been incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, wishing you all the best in the future. Thank you. You as well. Take care. Okay, thank you. Take care. Please share with friends, subscribe, and rate us on iTunes. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us online at theartifacts.com and on Instagram at theartifacts. If you'd like to send us a message or to suggest an artist that you'd like to see on the show, please connect with us at theartifacts at gmail.com. Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to sharing with you our upcoming episodes. Peace and blessings. This recording is copyrighted by Jude Hassel and all rights are reserved.